0: They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today.
1: Welcome to Season 2, Episode 36 of the North American Outdoors Podcast. My name is Heidi Rayo, and I'm coming to you from the great state of Texas. Because I absolutely love shotguns, all things about shotguns, and have so much fun doing it, I want to continue on this series of talking more about shotguns and demystifying some of the terminology and some of the practices around shotgun shooting. Trivia question. What makes a shotgun a shotgun? What makes a rifle and a handgun a rifle and a handgun? The answer is the inside of the bore. Shotguns have a smooth bore all the way through. Rifles and handguns, including pistols and revolvers, the inside of those barrels have rifling made up of lands and grooves. Another term that's specific to shotguns is the word gauge. Shotguns are classified by gauge, which is a measure related to the diameter of the smooth shotgun bore. Common shotgun gauges are 10-gauge, 12-gauge, 16-gauge, 20-gauge, and 28-gauge. The smaller the gauge number, the larger the shotgun bore. So a 10-gauge shotgun barrel is much larger than a 28-gauge shotgun barrel. Gauge is an old term referring to the number of lead balls of that bore size it would take to make from a pound of lead. This comes from the days when lead was purchased by the pound to make ammunition. So a 12-gauge shotgun means that you can make 12 lead balls, each of that bore diameter size, out of one pound of lead. A 10-gauge means that you can make 10 lead balls, each of that bore diameter size, out of one pound of lead, and so on. The smaller the gauge number, the larger the bore size. The most popular sizes of shotgun gauges are the 12 and 20 gauge. Other gauges include the 10, 16, and 28 gauge. The lone exception to this measuring system is the 410 bore, which is the smallest. Although inaccurately called a 410 gauge, it's actually measured in caliber because it's designated by bore diameter. It is really a 41 caliber. It has a bore that is 410 of one thousandths of an inch in diameter, or technically, it's a 67 gauge. But you'll also hear this called a 410. So now that we know about gauges, next let's talk about chokes. When a shot shell is fired from a shotgun, the pellets leave the barrel and begin to spread or scatter. The farther the pellets travel, the greater the spread of the group of pellets or shot, both in length and diameter. This spread is called the shot string. To control the shot string, shotgun barrels have a choke that will affect the shot pattern when the shot string hits the target. When a shot shell is fired from a shotgun, the shot pellets are leaving the barrel and exiting the muzzle or the front end of the barrel. Most shotguns near the muzzle end have a constriction called a choke. Some shotguns have interchangeable chokes that can be screwed in and out of the muzzle end of the barrel. The choke of a shotgun acts like the nozzle of a garden hose. Just as the nozzle on a garden hose controls the spray of water, the choke of a shotgun barrel controls the spread or the spray of the shot. This shot spread is called the pattern. Shotgun barrels that have no choke are referred to as an unrestricted barrel with a cylinder or open bore. A cylinder choke is an unconstricted barrel and the shot string spreads quickly. An improved cylinder choke provides slightly more constriction than a cylinder, allowing the pattern to spread more quickly. A modified choke has even more constriction. The shot pattern stays together longer and is more effective at longer ranges with a modified choke. There is also an improved modified choke with even greater constriction. A full choke has the most constriction, which keeps the shot pattern tighter for longer. This allows the shot to travel the greatest distance or range for longer shots, such as for high-flying birds. Turkey hunters sometimes even use extra full or turkey chokes for even denser patterns at even longer ranges. Depending on the shotgun that you purchase right out of the box, they will usually come with at least two different chokes. The most common chokes that a shotgun will come with are a modified and an improved cylinder. It's really important to know what all of this means when you're starting to put ammunition through your barrel, and we'll talk about that here next. Depending on how serious you get about your shotgun shooting, and your shot patterns, and the distance that your shot travels, you may start doing a little bit more research about the types of chokes that you put into your shotguns. In order from the least constriction to the greatest, you'll see cylinder chokes, light skeet, skeet, improve skeet, improved cylinder, light modified, modified, improve modified, light full, full, and extra full. So knowing your shotgun, the ammunition you're going to be using, whether it's lead or steel shot, And what your target is going to be will determine what kind of choke that you put into your shotgun. A cylinder choke represents a spread of about 40 inches at 25 yards. An improved cylinder choke has a spread about 40 inches at 30 yards. A modified choke has a 40 inch spread at about 35 yards. And a full choke has about a 40 inch spread at approximately 40 yards. So next, let's talk about ammunition. Shotguns shoot shells. Rifles and handguns, on the other hand, shoot cartridges. So again, remember that shotguns shoot shells. The basic components of modern shotgun shells are a case, primer, powder, wad, and shot. The case is the container that holds all of the ammunition components organized in a specific order. The primer is an explosive chemical compound that ignites the gunpowder when it is struck by the firing pin, which moves when the trigger is pulled. Gunpowder is a chemical mixture that burns quickly when ignited, creating expanding gases that push or propel the shot down the barrel. Black powder is made of potassium nitrate, sulfur, and charcoal. Real black powder is very unstable and highly regulated by the federal agency, the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms and Explosives or ATF. As a result, black powder is not as common an explosive as black powder substitutes in muzzle loading. There are several approved black powder substitutes on the market. The most common are Pyrodex, Pyrodex Select, and 777. These substitutes are very stable and, as a result, are not as highly regulated. All muzzle-loading firearms legal for hunting use only black powder made of potassium nitrate, sulfur, and charcoal, or an approved black powder substitute like Pyrodex. No other powder is suitable for muzzle-loading firearms. Smokeless powder, as the name implies, does not create a cloud of smoke when fired. When ignited, its gases expand rapidly, creating higher pressures and higher bullet velocity when it leaves the muzzle than the pressure and velocities created by real black powder. The projectiles are the shot that's expelled from the barrel. Shot comes in various sizes and are all numbered. The larger the number, the smaller the size of the shot or the pellets. For example, number 9 shot is very small, and number two shot is very large. Choose your shot size depending on the type of shooting or hunting activity you will be engaged in. As a rule, the smaller the game animal, the smaller the size of the shot you will choose. When shooting trap, skeet, or sporting clays, your shot size will change depending on the shotgun game you will be playing. Something extremely important to take notice of and to always remember is you never want to shoot modern cartridges Smokeless powder out of old antique firearms that were manufactured for black powder. Some key dates to remember when we we're talking about black powder versus smokeless powder. Black powder was the only powder used up until about 1892. In 1892, the 3040 Crag was the first U.S. military cartridge made with smokeless powder. In 1894, the 3030 Winchester was the first civilian cartridge made with smokeless powder. Black powder was used in the manufacture of cartridges well until the 1930s. Any U.S. firearm manufactured between 1892 and 1930 to 1940 should be stamped on the barrel to denote smokeless steel. Some common data stamps are special steel for smokeless powder, proof tested, proof steel, nickeled steel, high pressured steel, and smokeless steel. If you have an older firearm that was maybe passed down to you or up in your attic or closet, take a look at the barrel. If you see any of those terms, such as special steel, Proof tested, proof steel, nickel steel, high pressured steel, and smokeless steel. If you see that stamped on the side of the barrel, never shoot modern ammunition through those barrels. Those barrels were a lot less steel made to produce and can't handle the higher pressures of modern day ammunition. It's very important um, to not shoot modern ammunition through those older barrels because they can't handle that pressure. It's also important to know the difference between lead ammunition versus steel ammunition or shot. Steel shot can be made of steel, tungsten, bismuth, or other materials, and steel shot pellets react differently than lead when shot. Steel weighs about two-thirds as much as lead, but is much harder. Steel does not deform, and it is not unstable in flight. It will produce a tighter pattern than lead shot. If using steel shot for hunting, choose a steel shot size one to two sizes larger than the lead shot you would normally select because of the way that it patterns when in flight. One very, very important thing to know is that steel shot patterns one choke tighter than lead because of its density and the way it performs when in flight. Always know what choke is in your shotgun barrel before you put ammunition through your barrel. This is important because if you have an improved cylinder choke in your shotgun barrel and you are shooting steel ammunition, your pattern will pattern as if it were a modified choke. If you have a modified choke in your shotgun barrel and you put steel shot through your barrel it will actually pattern as if it were a full choked barrel. If you have a full choke in your shotgun barrel, you never ever want to shoot steel shot down a full choked barrel. This could have tragic results. It could damage your shotgun and it could actually damage the person who's shooting that shotgun because steel shot should never travel through a full choked barrel due to the way the pressure and the way that it's going to pattern. Now, that said, they do make, uh, manufacturers do have full chokes that can handle steel shot, and those chokes will specifically tell you if you can shoot steel shot through that particular choke. But a general rule of thumb is you never want to put steel shot through a full choke because it does pattern one choke tighter than it does if you were shooting lead shot through that same choke. So next time you're on the shotgun field and you have steel shot, make sure that you're looking at your choke um, before you go any further. Because if you have a modified choke in your shotgun and you're shooting steel shot, you're actually trying to hit those clay birds with a full choke. So it's real important also to know where you're shooting some ranges do not allow steel shot. Steel shot does travel a little bit further than lead shot. And would depending on what's on the downrange, what that safe shot fallout is, those steel pellets can go a little bit further than lead. So some ranges do not allow steel shot. If you are shooting over water, for example, some ranges do not allow lead shot. Ranges that have their shotgun field near water... Studies have shown that many waterfowl and birds die each year because of lead poisoning. Lead pellets from traditional shot shells were picked up and digested by birds. The toxic effect spread to other birds, such as the bald eagle, who consumed the poisoned waterfowl. To reduce this problem, conservationists work with shotgun manufacturers to produce effective alternatives to lead shot, such as steel, tungsten, alloy, and bismuth. So that's where that all came from with your steel shot is to prevent the poisoning of the birds by ingesting the lead shot. Know the laws when you're hunting. Non toxic shot is required throughout the US for waterfowl hunting. So, know what ammunition you're using if you're going to go hunting. Make sure you're using the right ammunition for the right species that you're going to be hunting. So, putting it all together, you want to make sure that you're matching up the game that you're hunting or the game that you're playing, such as trap, skeet, or sporting clays. You want to match up the gauge of your firearm, the distance you're going to be shooting, the choke that you're going to need to have in your shotgun and the shot size to properly and successfully hit your target. So if you're dove hunting, you could either use a 12 or a 20 gauge. The safe, effective, ethical distance is about 20 to 30 yards. You want to use an improved cylinder or a modified, and you want to shoot about seven and a half, eight, or 9 shot size. If you're going to a larger species, such as a turkey, you want to use a 12 gauge, about 15 to 30 yards effective range, a full or an extra full choke, depending on which ammunition you have again, and you want to shoot number four, five, or six shot size. Squirrel hunting, you can go 12, 20, and even 410, uh, 15 to 30 yards. Improved cylinder, modified to even a full choke, and you want to shoot numbers four, five, six, or even seven and a half. If you want to shoot uh, smaller ducks, you can use 12 or 20 gauge. Again, 20 to 30 yards. Your choke size is going to be improved cylinder to modified, and you want to use number three, four, or six shot size. Know the species that you're hunting, the gauge of the firearm you're shooting, the distance, and your choke, and match it all up with the proper shot size. And know the law if you have to use steel or if you can use lead or steel in your shot size while hunting. All of the information that you need to know about your particular firearm is going to be stamped on the data stamp on the side of the barrel. Most modern firearms are going to have the data stamp, which tells you exactly the manufacturer of the firearm, the, the gauge, whether it's a 20 gauge, a 12 gauge, a 10 gauge, or so on, and the length of shotgun shell that that firearm accepts you also want to make sure that you understand your box of shotgun shells and what all that information means on the box. The one thing that you always want to make sure is that you're matching the proper ammunition to your firearm. So the length refers to the gun's chamber length, not the length of the shot shell. You can shoot shot shells that are shorter or equal to the gun's chamber length, but not any longer. Modern 12 gauge shells come in two and three quarters, Three and three and a half inch lengths, and they all hold different amounts of powder and shot charges. If you measure an unfired shotgun shell, it's about one quarter of an inch shorter than its designated chamber length. So if you have a two and three quarter inch shotgun shell and you put a ruler to it, the unshot shotgun shell is not two and three quarter inch. It only becomes two and three quarter inch after it is shot and the crimping is opened. The extra length accommodates for the crimp as it unfolds. A safe rule is to only use shotgun shells as long or as shorter than the markings of your shotgun barrel. For example, if your shotgun is marked 12 gauge two and three quarter inch, you may safely fire a two and three quarter inch 12 gauge shotgun shell, but not a three or three and a half inch shotgun shell. This information is marked on the side of your barrel and on the box of ammunition that you purchase. You're also going to see the shot weight listed on your box of shotgun shells. This number tells you how much the shot charge in weight is in ounces. Shot is measured in grams. 28 grams equals roughly one ounce, and 4 grams equals roughly an eighth of an ounce of shot. Sometimes you're going to actually see the word DRAM equivalent, or D-R-E-Q, stamped on the shotgun box of shells. DRAM equivalent is an old system of expressing velocity. This term was used back in the days when shotgun shells were loaded with black powder, which was measured in DRAMs. 16 DRAMs equals 1 ounce. To find the actual velocity, you usually must look in the manufacturer's catalog or refer to a ballistics guide. When companies switch from black powder to smokeless powder, they place the DRAM equivalent on the box of ammunition to give the shooter an indication of shot velocity. While less commonly used today, the DRAM equivalent can still give the shooter an idea of the muzzle velocity. The shot shells you find on shelves today are loaded with modern smokeless propellants. These gunpowders are much lighter than black powder in the same volume. Manufacturers who still list DRAM equivalent usually use numbers like 3 DRAM EQ or even light, magnum, or max. The larger the number of DRAM's equivalent, the higher the muzzle velocity and the more recoil the load will generate. Velocity is replacing DRAM equivalent on ammunition labels. The faster a shot charge travels, the harder it hits and the more recoil a load has when fired. You'll also see the type of shot indicated on the box. The pellets a shotgun fired are collectively called shot. They are made from many different materials such as pure lead, lead coated with another material like copper, or non-lead components such as steel, bismuth, tungsten, and other materials. The smallest diameter shot sizes, beginning with the smallest commonly available sizes, are numbers 9, 8, and 7.5. These are the sizes you'll usually see on target loads for clay shooting, but they are also used for some smaller game birds. The next group of shot sizes are numbers 6, 5, and 4. These are usually for pheasants, larger ducks, rabbits, and squirrels. The big shot sizes are numbers 3, 2, and 1, and letters such as B, double BB, B, triple B, T, F, and double F shot. These are used for larger game birds and animals. Buckshot is recognized from number 4 buck, which is a diameter of 0.220 inch, to triple ot buck, which is a 0.360 inch. A higher number reflects a smaller pellet size, and the more zeros in the ot size reflects a larger pellet diameter. Slugs are a single projectile and are generally reserved for big game hunting such as deer and sometimes bear. Some states do not allow rifle hunting for larger game animals in some areas and only allow shotgun hunting with slugs or with buckshot. Always check your state's hunting regulations for legal means and methods. Unlike rifle and pistol cartridges that have a single projectile, the size of the shot is the most important element when selecting shotgun ammunition. Shotgun shells may contain a single slug to hundreds of pellets or shot. Always check your local state and game regulations for legal hunting means and methods. Why is it when you go to a gun range close to deer season, you cannot find one opening on the rifle line? All of the benches are full and there's usually a waiting line for people to come to the line to sight in their rifles. Contrast that to the shotgun fields. Why is it before dove season or duck season you can always find an opening at the shotgun field? Why is it acceptable that shotgun shooters joke about, sadly, how many times it takes for them to shoot and break a clay or how many times it takes for them to shoot and down a bird? The national average for people shooting and successfully bagging one pheasant is nine shots. The national average for the number of people to shoot one dove is seven shots. That is very sad, and we as hunters need to do something about that to improve our shooting proficiency for a quick, clean, and ethical kill when bird hunting. It's not acceptable to me or the people I hunt and shoot with, but why is it acceptable for the masses that it's okay to shoot that many times to down one bird? How can we improve our ethics? How can we improve our proficiency? Go to the range and practice. Practice often, practice when it's hot, practice when it's cold, practice in the wind, the rain, and the snow if you have snow where you live. All of these conditions happen when you're using a shotgun if you're going hunting. If you're dove hunting in South Texas, it's going to be hot. If you're duck hunting up in the Midwest, chances are you're breaking ice to get to where you need to be to have a successful hunt. So practice in the elements, learn how to use your firearm safely and proficiently, and practice in the same type of elements that you will be hunting in. If you want to play basketball, you must first need to learn how to dribble. If you want to play hockey, you must learn how to skate. If you want to play baseball, you must learn how to throw and catch the ball. If you want to shoot a shotgun, you need to learn how to move and mount proficiently and consistently over and over again. The key to success in any activity or sport is to practice, practice, and practice some more. The shooting sports is a lifetime hobby that can grow into something even more. When a shooter becomes hooked on the shooting sports, regardless of the type, you're surrounded by a supportive circle of family, friends, and organizations, and there's never a reason to quit. No matter which shooting sports that you choose to be part of, there's an abundance of opportunities to lean on other folks who are in the same situation you are to help overcome frustrations, improve your strategy, and all of this instills life skills and helps improve your lifetime of shooting and hunting. These skills include respect, ethics, sportsmanship, teamwork, focus, dedication, and commitment. Any and all of the shooting sports provide the perfect gateway to accomplish these missions. There is no better classroom than the outdoors, roaming the woods and waters, and creating memories that will last a lifetime. This is Heidi Rayo, and you've heard another North American Outdoors podcast. Follow us on Instagram at northamericanoutdoors.org or like us on Facebook at North American Outdoors. Have a great day.